0: Welcome to the Grace Hill Podcast, a weekly podcast of our Sunday messages driven by our pastor. Grace Hill exists to bring God's biblical truth to your everyday life. As we begin this week's message, we invite you to open your Bibles and capture what God has in store for you today.
1: And share a little bit about our life and our marriage. That's what your pastor has told us he wanted to do, and your pastor is our First grandson. He claims to be our favorite grandson. This is Dorothy Dubose and what's my name?
2: His name is Dirtwood W. Dubose.
1: And
0: don't you forget
2: it. A- Amen. But over
1: the years our church people called us Brother D and Sister D more than they did Brother Dubose and Sister Dubose. Few, I would call us Pastor D. Now you got some questions that you're going to ask us. Is that right? Yes,
0: sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Start you
1: ask off. the questions and just deal answer. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: man. I'm excited for this morning. It's going to be a lot of fun. As you heard, those are my grandparents. Um, And it is a privilege and an honor for me to be able to have this time with them this morning, even though they're not actually here. Now, uh, before we start, I do want to stop for a moment and and pray for my grandfather. So uh, Chris and I went down and we we did this a a couple of weeks ago where we filmed them and talked to them and went through things. But my grandfather is now in the hospital here in Dallas. I was with him yesterday for a while. He's having uh, some issues with his uh, His bowels are twisted and having some problems and things. So can we stop for a moment and pray over him? I went and was with him yesterday. I prayed over him yesterday in the hospital. And I said, man, you're going to do great tomorrow. I'm really excited to have you preach. And he goes, I usually do pretty good. So it was, uh, uh, he just never, you know he's, he's, he's always quick. And so it's, it's always difficult to see him in that position and his health is failing, uh, and he is struggling, but let's pray over them. Father, we thank you for my grandparents. Lord, I thank you for, uh, the goodness that, that I've learned from them, the things that I've seen in them. And Lord, and I pray that your hand will be on him right now. God, I pray for healing, Lord, that you just allow his body to be made well, Lord, and that he's able to walk out fully recovered in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen. So this morning, uh, we're gonna kind of go back and forth just a little bit. There are, are a, a series of videos that we're gonna play. I've asked them some questions, uh, but, but before we, we do all of that, I want you to hear a little bit of their story so you get to know them and who they are. Uh, start by telling us how did you guys meet? When did you become engaged? how did you get engaged? And then when did you get married?
1: Well, how we... First met, I had a good friend. We were attending Old Cliff Assembly of God Church when the choir left the choir loft. I spotted this real pretty young girl. Never had seen her before. Never had noticed her before. She had come to Dallas from Corsicana, Texas, to get a job with another friend of hers. And I'd come to go to Bible school at SBI, now Sagu. And then started attending, we both started attending Oak Cliff. You want to tell him how we had our first date?
2: We had this friend, his name was Stretch, and he was a star. Nickname. Nickname. And uh, he was dating a girl in Oak Cliff. So she asked me, "Would you like to go out and have something to eat and, and uh, go with Durwood Dubose?" And I said, "Okay, I can do that." And uh, he come to Durwood and said, "How would you uh, like to meet Dorothy and we'll go out to eat?" And we both agreed, and uh, we uh, we. Did our little eating and then Stretch was driving the car. Now
1: that was after church that we uh, went yeah, out to. After eat. church. And where did we go to eat that day?
2: I think it was Red Bryan's.
1: Red Bryns on Jefferson Boulevard.
2: Yes. And anyway, uh, he he was we thought he was gonna take us back to the church and Durwood could pick up his car. And uh, I lived close to the church. I walked to church. It was that close. And instead, he started driving, and he went down in dark places and around the old uh, zoo. And and he stopped, and uh, Durwood was sitting on his side. I was sitting on mine. In the back and, seat. In the back seat. And these two... Disappeared, and you heard all this, you know, making noise and all this stuff. And uh, we looked at each other, and uh, what have we got ourselves into? And Durwood, with the meanest voice, he said, Stretch, we need to take these girls home. That's right.
1: There came a time when she decided she wanted to cook me a meal, and so we went to the house where she was living with some church people, and Christoph, Brother and Sister Christoph, as she said, a block from the church, and she cooked me her first meal for her future husband.
2: You weren't future then, you were just Durwood. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I was
1: preaching, but I wasn't. I was still 18 years old. And she was going to cook me a grilled cheese sandwich and some hot chocolate. And as she was cooking the sandwich, the chocolate boiled over on the stove. So that had grabbed her attention. She started to clean up that mess and burn that sandwich to a crisp. (laughs) So I learned that this girl that I was dating wasn't much of a cook. (laughs) As I said, I asked her three times to marry me because the first two times I got the cold feet, but the third time What's interesting, we'd gone out to Red Bryan's after church on Sunday night. And when I said, Dorothy, I know you may not believe this, but I believe God told me to ask you to marry me. He, his will is that we be husband and wife. And she didn't say anything. She just sat there in the dark car. And I don't know how long we sat driving in silence when I finally said, Well, you don't have to answer right now, because obviously you weren't going to. But maybe you could go with me on Wednesday night to a preaching engagement I have at Lancaster Road, Assembly of God. And uh, you'd give me an answer then. Well, she reluctantly agreed to that. Go with me. And uh, sure enough, after service, we were on the way home, and I raised the question again. She did agree to marry me, and then I asked her, Would she be willing to wait till after I turned 20 years old to give her her engagement ring? That was probably the latter part of March in 1956. Yes. And I uh, I didn't want to get engaged officially until I was 20 years old. She says that was a male ego deal that I had. And probably was. Probably (laughs) was. But she agreed to marry me, and then on June the 2nd, we did get married. H.C. Noah was a pastor of Oak Cliff Assembly in those days. He had a wife named Dorothy. And on our rehearsal night, or our wedding night, he said, "Durwood, do you know what Dorothy means? And I said, no, sir, I don't guess I do. And his wife's name being Dorothy, he did know. So he said, it means a gift of God. So that means when you and Dorothy commit yourselves in your wedding vows, you're getting a gift of God. That was June the 2nd, 1956, and she has kept me reminded that she is a gift of God for 62
0: years. (laughs) Oh man! So I'm glad you get to. See. If anything, this is this is a wonderful moment for me, right? These are things that I get to hang on to forever. I hope you understand that they are just a joy uh, to be around, and I'm sure you pick up on that. They are funny as all as can be. Some of the things you don't see on the video is my grandfather has known has been the boss of whatever he's been at for decades and decades until retirement, right? He's only always been the boss, and so when we stayed with him for just a short while before we. Uh, were able to move up here to Dallas. There was a time when, when he was telling my grandma what to do all the time, and she yelled out loud towards Lauren, he's managing me again. You know, this really, <laughs> it's just really funny. So they are an uh, absolute joy. They cut up constantly, uh, constantly with each other. They joke a lot. And you're going to hear a lot about my grandfather preaching. And you're going to hear a lot about the assemblies of God. That is his world. That is his life. That is what he's known forever. And so that is, uh, that is his sphere of, of which he's operated in. And so uh, I am third generation in the ministry. So it's, it's a pretty cool thing for me to be able to lean on him and my father and stuff for wisdom and stuff. And so this is a treat for me and a joy for me. But in any marriage or any relationship for that matter, Whatever the dynamic of the relationship, whether it's a friendship or whether it's a, a marriage relationship, a dating relationship, or, or, or a, um, a relationship between a mother and a daughter, anything of that nature, right? There is going to be uh, difficulty, right? There's going to be difficult moments. You're going to have ups and downs, and you're going to have struggles. And so one of the things I wanted to talk to my grandparents about was, what was the most difficult moments you can recall? What was the hardest moments you remember in your life and in your marriage, and how did you make it through those moments, What was the hardest time in your marriage, and how did you make it through it?
1: What's the hardest time?
2: Well, one of the hardest times was, uh, Rick, you know, was the first. And I had problems uh, getting pregnant after that. I finally did. And when I had a miscarriage, to me, that was very hard. And sometimes my family didn't understand that I needed time to grieve. And I don't think I ever mentioned it to Dirtwood. But that was a hard time. I like to tell women, don't let them not let you grieve. You know, I just lost a little boy. I loved him from the beginning and uh, it was a hard time for me.
1: Uh, It's hard for me to think what was the hardest time in our marriage. Brian, 62 years we've had some challenging physical problems. I had a battle with cancer and had to have two-thirds of my colon removed. That was a difficult time. I've had two open-heart bypass surgeries. Those were hard times. You don't know if you're going to make it or not make it. The, the Bible tells us four times that just shall live by faith. And in the 22nd chapter of Luke, jesus talks to peter and he said simon simon satan has desired to have you he wants to sift you like wheat but i have prayed for you that your faith fail not we are a people of faith our whole christian life is based on faith for by grace are you saved through faith, we read in the book of Ephesians, and then we are kept by the power of God through faith, the Bible says. So faith is the thing that keeps us, but some of the things that we understand and we teach get challenged when we're going through physical battles, and a physical battle can become a mental battle and a mental battle can become a spiritual battle. And, and I think some of the hardest times in our ministry, which means our life too, had to do with some of those challenges during physical attacks when you don't know what's going to happen. I'm laying in a hospital bed that heart problem they had found and when uh when they did the stress test I talked to the nurse before he came in to start it and I said how long is this going to take and she said usually 10 to 12 minutes on an average that you'll be on a treadmill well I wasn't on it but about three minutes when he stopped it (laughs) and then told her to help me over to a chair they had a recliner there. I said, I don't need any help to get to that chair. And why are you stopping it so quick? You find something's not right? And I I told the doctor when he told me, yeah, he had a little concern. I said, well, he's made a mistake. Do another one. There's nothing wrong. But he said, "I I want you to stay here in the hospital. I want to run some more tests. I want to put you in the hospital. And I wouldn't agree to that. And I got home, We then sat down on the couch in our den, and it was, the lights was off. She had been outside, and she come in and said, well, what did the doctor say? And I said, he told me he wanted to put me in the hospital. He wanted to run some more tests. He found something he didn't like. Well, she said, I'll go pack your, your grip, a suitcase, take with you. I didn't tell him I was gonna stay. I didn't stay in the hospital. I raised my voice, and uh, probably was a little rude, but uh, that caught her attention. Did she come back and said, "Well, why didn't you?" She wanted to know why I didn't stay and let him do those tests. And then she said, "If one of your church members..." came to you and told you the doctor told them what your doctor just told you, what would you tell them? I said I'd tell them, go on in the hospital, get those tests run. She said, I'll go fix your suitcase. (laughs) So I went back, went in the hospital and they put me in Charlton Methodist to, do, to start the test and uh, I had a brand new Bible that James Bridges had given me as a gift for something, maybe birthday or something and I was reading that Bible and I read in the 73rd chapter I believe it is 73rd Psalm where the scripture said my heart faileth the psalmist wrote this my heart faileth, but something to the effect that God is in charge of my heart. He's the master of my heart. Everything's going to be all right. And that became one of the hardest times, ministry-wise, and I guess a challenge to the marriage, but not, not in a way that would be to break up a marriage. It was just a difficult time for me. So I I don't remember any time that would be so hard that uh, it would destroy our marriage. For 62 years we've had a good marriage.
0: See pretty quickly that that he does most of the talking. So uh, if you haven't picked up on that, um, and and usually my grandma's she's ready for a, a a jab or a joke or something. But um, I think one of the things that we pick up there and that we learn from them and just seeing is this: is that their whole focus in everything that they did was making sure they kept Jesus at the forefront. Uh, my grandma didn't go into detail, um, but I, I can share a little more. It, it was not just a miscarriage. He'd had a miscarriage, yes, but. The difficulty that she went through that that she kind of concealed and and kept hidden was, uh, in fact, that she gave birth to a son who lived for only four hours, and then he passed away. And Lauren and I have gone through photo albums with them and stuff, and we saw the pictures of the funeral and, and knowing that they had four children and there's only three living and only one made it a few hours. It was a difficult moment. In, in kind of in other conversations I've had with her, because I don't know that she wanted to get into it in the moment on camera, uh, it, it just the, the brokenness that she went through and the hardship that she experienced and endured through that. She said, but the only reason she was able to maintain and to keep moving forward every day was because of Jesus and keeping Jesus at the forefront. One of the things that you'll hear them talk a lot about in, in any conversation you have with them is that for the, the relationship to be strong it was hinging on the fact that they had to keep God at the front of all things individually. They had to keep God at the front of things individually. And they said, you know, it, you hear my grandfather talk about the hardship of going through uh, that, having heart surgery and stuff. And, and, and the last 30 years of my grandfather's life has pretty much just been health problems and, and issues in that nature. And it kind of all began at that moment. And that was the first time that he was under the, you know, facing the fact that there was health issues that he was up against. And, and so you, you see him talk about, it was in the word of God that he felt that, that reassurance that God is in control, that God is leading that. And the big thing we hear through, through the hardship and the difficulty is lean on Jesus, right? Press into Jesus. God is, is ultimately the one who's gonna carry us through. We can have each other, we can have one another, but at the end of the day, relationships with people can only carry us so deep. It is our relationship with the father that's gonna carry us where we need to go and what we need to walk through and, and be able to manage that and balance that. And so it's an incredible thing just to be able to hear from them and, and, and see that in and, and personal stories just that it was through the work of the Lord that they were able to endure the difficult moments in their lives. And I thought it was pretty cool just that it was more than just the 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 time together and, and spending time together, you know, but it was the individually being able to grow spiritually. So the second thing, uh, that I asked them was, was, I asked them about expectations, and it's something that I talk about a lot with premarital counseling and different things of that nature, is I ask about expectations. You know, what were your expectations for this? What were your expectations for that? So I gave them just kind of the blanket question of going into your marriage, what did you expect? What were you expecting your marriage to become? What were you expecting your marriage to be? And so check out what they had to say. first got married what were expectations you had going into the marriage that maybe have changed over 62 years or maybe they changed immediately but what were expectations you had that are now different 62 years later
2: expectations in a marriage I guess I just went in with knowing what a husband should do he should be the breadwinner he should be the head of the house and uh, I was his helpmeet, and I did as best I could, and raise our children as best I could, and I think that that was my uh, uh, reason for the marriage—is make it work. You know, I just—I just had that. I was raised that way. And when you go into a marriage, it's for life. You don't, uh, you work through your problems, you talk through them, you pray it through, and if you do that, you're going to have a good marriage. That's good. Yeah, that's good. That's right.
1: Uh, I don't even know what kind of expectations I might have had other than. I was in love with this girl. I wanted to marry her. I wanted to live with her. I wanted her to be my wife. And that hadn't changed in 62 years. (laughs) That's good. As far as goals or aspirations, uh, for our marriage, I don't remember having any particular thing. I just wanted a good wife, and I got a good wife. So my expectation never changed there. Now we, we've had our times. You know, we've traveled the world in ministry because of our uh, having served as the Mission Director and the Assistant Superintendent for North Texas District and then Superintendent for 10 years. Uh, so we've traveled the world. We've been to a lot of places. We didn't expect those in our marriage
0: when well, we got married. Just the—I uh, the, love that he said, "I wanted a good wife, and I got a good wife." You know, and then he also <laughs> that he said, uh, "You know, I—I I was in love. I wanted to marry that girl. I wanted to live with her, and that hasn't changed in 62 years." And I go, "There you go." uh, I, I love that my, my, my grandma talked about just, she said, well, I knew what a husband should be. Now, obviously, this, they got married in, in the 50s, right? So June Cleaver was like it, right? So that was the epitome of life for all housewives at the time. So, you know, there's, there's some differences and changes from, from then to now in some of those things. But just saying, uh, it was, uh, the expectation there was, was, was so much not on, on what she was expecting of him. She said, I knew what the husband should be and and i she was like and, and I, that was going to happen but she placed her expectations on herself and she said i i was going to do the best i could do I was going to be the best I could be. I was going to raise our children the best I could, given the roles that they had in their marriage and how that was in the setup they had. But it was about the expectations placed on themselves and saying, okay, we're going to do what we have to do to make this the best it can be, right? And, and I thought that was so, so interesting as she said that, that it was about, hey, yeah, I knew what a man should be. I knew what a husband should be, but this is what I needed to be. And I was going to work to be, what I was supposed to be, in the expectations that she had placed on herself, and I, I thought, man, that is so telling. That if we could all learn in every relationship that we're in, and we go, okay, man, I'm struggling in this friendship. I'm struggling with my mom. I'm struggling with my dad. Whatever the relationship is, and say, okay, well, what are the ex- expectations I have of myself in this, and how can I meet or exceed those expectations? How can I be better in those things? You know what I mean? So if 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 we were to focus in on on the expectations that we have for ourselves, and say, okay, I, I'm going going to, to, to help to make sure that those are better. So uh, if, what if in all our relationships, we weren't so focused on the expectations we have for the other person. And we started focusing on the expectations we have for ourselves. I think that was a a vital nugget of wisdom. Um, There's so much stuff that we had to cut out because my grandfather spends way too long giving extra details and stuff. I come by it honestly, right? It's one of those deals. It runs in the family. And so we had to, had to cut a lot of things. There's some interesting things that were said that just kind of land on the cutting room floor, you know what I mean? But, uh, but man, this is, uh, it's just really neat and, and we couldn't do it all. There was no way to do it all because literally I think we were there for two hours, right? Just filming for two hours and it's just a lot. But um, just that, that overwhelming sense of, hey, we're going to focus on making sure that, that we do what we're supposed to do to make this work. And, and sometimes I think we get too focused on trying to fix the other person. And it's like, no, this is what I'm expecting of you. Get it, get it right, get it right, get it right. And they're going, well, you're not holding up your end of the bargain. And then we have conflict and we have issue. And they go, you know what? We're going to focus on ourselves and do what we can to make ourselves be uh, who we're supposed to be in this. The last thing I wanted you to hear was, what is the most important piece of advice you could give the people of Grace Hill? If there was one piece of advice that you could give the people of Grace Hill about marriage, what would it be? And I want to hear from both of you.
1: One piece of advice. Mm -hmm. You go first.
2: As a Christian, Christian woman, uh, all Christians should keep close to God, they should have their devotions, and they should talk to Him. all all the time you know we can pray all day if we'll let ourselves anyway prayer is the best thing you can do for a marriage I know you're going to have ups and downs and uh, that's life but you better keep God first
1: very good that's good advice Sure, you should have done that also. Look,
2: good boys, you might get into trouble.
1: Well, I'll tell you, when when we got married, we seriously had conversation before the wedding. And I told her that God had called me to preach. And that God was first in my life and always would be he would be first over my wife. And she agreed that he would be first in her life over her husband. So I would say, uh, number one, to have a, a successful marriage, you've got to have God number one. I tell a lot of the young men that I talk to from Life Challenge, that the first four words in the Bible should be the motto for your life. In the beginning, God. Matthew 6.22, I believe it is, says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Now, that would take in what she just said, a life of prayer, a life of walking with God. But, but that not only applies to marriage, that applies to all aspects of our life. Seek ye first God. Now within the marriage, I think keeping it romantic, keep romance in your life, communicate, talk, not only to God but to each other, uh, express your feelings to one another tell one another how you're feeling these are very important things in your marriage
0: i expected when i asked him to give one piece of advice that he would say about four or five things so i uh he 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 said off camera he said well i guess that wasn't one i said well i expected as much so he said well um I love that they said, you know, this is practical for all things. This is for all areas of your life. You know, as, as men and women of God, we need to make sure that our priorities are in order. I love that they said, we agreed that in our marriage, God would be first over one another and that we would not allow either one of us to take the place of God, right? And that we would make sure that, that God was first in all things. I love that and I've, I've written it down and he said it a million times in my world that the first four words of the Bible are in the beginning God. In the beginning God. And and we sat around not too long ago and I just just listened to him talk. He's like a walking Bible, right? I mean, there was no no uh, prep work for any of this. He wasn't doing study or research or anything for any of this. He's just just knows it. It's incredible. But he 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 shares that all the time and with people all all the time saying, "Listen, make sure that God is first in all things. Seek ye first Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Now, obviously, everything he says is in the King James Version, so that's where him and I are different. I read the NIV, so he has disagreements with me on things, and I go, let's take it back to the Greek, old man. Let's go. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I don't ever say that. I am not anywhere near close to disrespectful to that man, I promise you that. I can talk big from this room, you know, but uh, I would never in my life say anything like that, uh, not even a little bit. But uh, I love that, just, you know, in the beginning, God, seek first God. And things just begin to fall into alignment in all areas of life. Man, it's just so good, just so rich. Uh, there was something else that I asked him to do. Um, I said, would you, would you do us, you know, the honor and pray over us So I will tell you this, you'll notice as he prays, he like preach praise. So he starts praying and it turns into preaching and then he goes back into praying. So just roll with it. It's good and and I'm excited for this moment right here. Will you do one more thing for me? All right. Will you pray over the marriages of Grace Hill?
1: Yes, I would.
0: That would be yes I will an honor for us if you would
1: and I will say to you Grace Hill uh, I think you've got a good pastor he's had a good upbringing Uh, he has a relationship with God he truly loves the Lord and he's got a good wife he found him a good wife a good thing when he married Lord. Back him, support him, pray for him, work with him uh, to build that church. And now I want to pray over you. Father, I thank you for all the couples in this church. I ask you, Lord, to bring them close to you and close to each other. Let them understand the importance, help them understand the importance of togetherness and commitment one to the other, as well as commitment to God. Indeed, we have to seek first the kingdom of God. We have to put God first, but we must remember the importance, love one another. Treat one another with respect. The Bible says to the wife, obey your husband. Now don't make anything ugly out of that. Take it with respect and with God's direction. But it tells the husband to love his wife. So love her and build a strong relationship through prayer and communication with each other as well as God. In the name of the Lord, I ask you to help them, Father, to do just that, to build strong relationships, to forgive one another and encourage one another and support one another. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. God bless you, Grace Hill. I look forward to the day when Dorothy and I'll be able to visit with you and have an opportunity to come and enjoy one of your services.
0: The Lord bless you. I mean, this is cool for me. I'm sorry if I, you know, relished in this probably more than I should have, but cool day. One thing you have to know about my grandfather is I think he's completely infatuated with my wife. Uh, he thinks the world of Lauren and it's pretty cool, and I knew he wouldn't be able to finish without saying something about her uh, i just I just did, and he tells me all the time, "Man, you got a good one, you got a good one and she'll walk in and he'll be like, "Who's that pretty girl you brought with you this time?" I say stuff like that all the time. Uh, that was a joy for me uh, and I hope you learned something from them and heard something from them that you can take and apply and and, and, and use in your life. Uh, they've had an incredible, incredible ministry and they've been able to do some neat things and God's used them literally all over the world uh, and, and been able to to teach and train and develop pastors and then also to pastor great churches themselves I mean they grew they had a church that grew when churches didn't grow you know and it just neat stuff and it, it boils down to this he tells me two things all the time he says love your people and preach the word it's pretty cool to have that moment with him here and I hope one day he does get to come I hope he does get to come and visit and uh and he'll just, he'll just pick on everybody and mess with everyone and and my grandmother will just smile and never actually call me Ryan. She only has one syllable in my name when she says it. I'm just Ryan. That's what you get. When, they say she's from Corsicana but that's because that's the big town near Malakoff. So uh, that's where she's really from. Um, can I pray over you? Father, we thank you Lord for this day and we thank you for the opportunity to, to hear from an incredible couple who have faithfully walked beside you and have faithfully walked together and who have diligently sought you above all things. And Lord, it's been reflected in the way they've lived. It's been reflected in the way you've used them. So God, I thank you, Lord. I thank you for my heritage. I thank you for my upbringing, Lord. I, I don't ever wanna take that lightly. I just want to say thank you. So God, today I pray that the words that were spoken will resonate in the hearts and in the minds of the people here this morning. God, that we take their words to heart and that we apply it because it came straight from your word. It came straight from the word of God. And so we ask, Lord, that you allow us to grow in our understanding of who you are. We thank you for it. We give you glory. We give you honor for it. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Grace Hill is always about knowing God and growing in God, and we want to hear from you. If you have a prayer request or a question, you can email us at info at gracehill.cc.